she's back in the atmosphere with drops of Jupiter in her head. She acts like summer and walks like rain, reminds me that there's a time to change. Since the return of her stay on the moon She listens like spring and she talks like June But tell me, did you sail across the sun? Did you make it to the Milky Way To see the lights all faded And that heaven is overrated Tell me, did you fall from a shooting star? Without a permanent scar And then you miss me While you were looking for yourself Out there Now that she's back from that soul vacation Tracing her way through the constellation Checks out more, so while she does travel, reminds me that there's room to grow. Yeah. Now that she's back in the atmosphere, I'm afraid that she might think of me as plain old Jane Doe. Sorry about a man who was too afraid to fly, so we never did land. But tell me, did the wind sweep you off your feet?
Well, guys, that was Jupiter. So, to I, mean, I should say, tear drops of Jupiter. I hope everybody enjoyed the song. Uh, welcome, everyone. You see, I have John Goodman right there. He's been out uh, dancing naked in the sunlight. I'm not sure what that was about, but you know, them people out there in Los Angeles, oh, man, you just gotta watch them all the time. They get they get a little weird out there. I've been getting I've been getting these weird videos from different neighborhoods in LA. People stop sending me in videos. I'm not interested. I'm just telling y'all ahead of time. Um, the last two weeks I was in, last week I was in uh, Provo, Utah. And the week before that I was in Colorado Springs at two different writing conferences. It was awesome. Yes. And it's, well, you know, it's nice. I mean, Utah's, I actually like Utah as a state. Colorado, I go back and forth on Colorado for some reason. I mean, I like Colorado. It's a really pretty state, but. Very pretty state. I'm not going to get beyond that. It was a very pretty state. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it is a very pretty state. And there's, there's a lot of nice people. I mean, I know a lot of people. A, good, a couple of good friends of mine live in Denver and uh, enjoy it up there. Uh, Carmen, uh, not Carmen, Kelly. No, I don't know where our guest is. They were supposed to be here with us um, actually 10 minutes ago. So I'm not sure what's happened to Tom. Uh, if we don't get him, I will have Carmen rebook him. Sometimes when we're doing four guests, sometimes it gets a little strange. Uh, it gets It can get a little crazy. And I see my alarm's going off too, by the way. It's uh, but you can get a little uh, it can get a little just a little strange sometimes with uh, the amount of guests we have coming up. What we get, what we're doing is, is we're getting all the winners out of the way before the contest, and then when we go down there, it's so, so we're gonna get we're getting all the winners out of the way and a couple of judges. That way, when I'm down there, it allows me to kind of pick and choose who I want to do more in detail. Because um, it's already out of the eight I've interviewed, at least two of them I want to sit down and talk a really good hour, hour and a half, maybe two hours yeah. with. Because uh, they, they have some interesting stuff in their lives. And it's not to say all of them don't. It's just some of them are just a little bit more outgoing, a little bit more forward. And and anybody who wants, I mean, and and I'll tell this, you know, just like I do every year when I, when I first come in, I'll tell everybody the same thing. If you want to be interviewed, here's my phone number, here's my email, call me or write me. I'm here all week. Just catch up with me and I will set up and I, and a lot of times, so you know, this ahead of times, uh, if I'm just doing goofy stuff, I will stop what I'm doing and come and do an interview. Uh, so, I mean, that's what I'm there for to do interviews. I want to get as many in as I can. And I really like the meaningful interviews. The first two years, we got some really good, hard, good interviews. And last year was a little tougher, but uh, this year already starting out pretty good. So we already had some really good interviews. Even some of these little 30 minute ones have been pretty decent interviews. Uh, they've been a little more detailed than I thought they were. It's, uh, it's interesting too uh, to, to listen to the winners talk about what they expect when they get to writers in the future. That's always fun. See, we got John here so we can cheat because John knows everything the hell that's going on. But, uh, no, Carly. So I told y'all this last time. I know nothing. You remember Schultz from, I, I mean, I know some of y'all are too young for Schultz, but remember Schultz, I know nothing. Well, that's a joke. I know nothing. I know nothing, nothing. I just, no, I mean, it, so. Yeah, from Hogan's I, Heroes. I, that's right. I don't, I don't, I have no idea what's going on. What? No, they don't tell me nothing until I get there. And that's the best way because I do radio. You never know. I might slip up or I might have these guests on and say something I'm not supposed to say. So for me, it's better. Also, no one knows where I'm going to be, so it's a little it's a little better because I got a lot of friends in LA. I'd rather than not know where I'm at while I'm down there. And um, so it works out. It works out really well all the way around. Uh, I don't know, uh, Gene. I mean, uh, oh wait, uh, just use here. Let me let me just click on the link and follow the link, Tom. Oh, good. You got Tom now. Okay, he good. was he was in the chat room with us. So oh, all you gotta okay. do is click click on the link and and just follow the link and we'll bring you in. Uh, if you can hear me, if not, I'll, I'll write it in text in a minute. But 
just click on that link that allows you to come in. Well, we'll just push everybody back a little bit today. We have extra time. Yeah. Um, who? Uh, you know, John? No, 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 no. John, John's got like, I think it was 14 wives or something. Why do you think he keeps going to Utah? Maybe 16 wives. I don't know. Last, last count, it was 16 wives, 105 I'm going to make Emily listen to this part of this episode. <laughs> she's going to seriously whack you when you come out here in April. <laughs> no, really. 16 wives, 105 children, 215 grandchildren. We don't lost count of the great-grandchildren. There's so many of them. I mean, he can start his own cult, man. I'm just telling y'all I have time. <laughs> no, I'm just – hey. I'm just teasing. It's uh, sorry, guys. My alarms have been off all day. And my house has been everybody. I got the studio doors open, and there is time. Sorry about that. I guess I'm gonna have to shut my studio door, and because uh, it is soundproof, so I guess I'm not gonna have a choice. Hold on, we can't do this the whole show. So while Joe's gone, let me tell you what the real true story here is on this thing here. Joe has been trying to get out of it. Don't get out of the spaceship last night. That's his mom that you see right behind you. Uh, yeah, that's right. It, no, that's that's Bob back there. Step daddy Bob back there. Um no we ever guess what we're gonna bring him up in just a minute. No, no, actually John and I are the best behaved people at the conference by far. I can't speak for all the mother crazies there, but we are by far the best be best looking too by the way. Best dressed, best looking, best behaved. That's right. I, hey, I can only I can only go by what I've seen. That's all I can tell y'all. I'm not going to make anybody mad. Everybody already knows I'm a pain in the ass. It's not like they don't know. Anyway. Oh, shit. Uh, hey, Tom. Welcome to the show, man. Sorry. Hey. Uh, Hello, Tom. Uh, Hello. How are you all doing? It's great to be here. Good. I look forward yeah. to meeting you in a, in a short few weeks. Yes. Yeah, getting closer. Yeah. So, awesome. so, so, so right off the bat, well, introduce yourself properly since I can't stop laughing long enough to say your name. Um, <laughs> My name has that effect on people. Well, that's John has that effect. <laughs> See, I can't even say his name without laughing today. I don't know what it is. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's Tom Vandermolen. Molen. I said, well, we had it right. John and I were saying it earlier. I, I always want to make sure because, you know, I, I can get some names really good, but boy, sometimes I can mispronounce names, and you're like, "What? What is he I from? Like it. Mars? Where the hell did he get this name from?" Well, it's, we know uh, Mars, but anyway. So, so right, so uh, no, Chris, I'm giving ask him. Calm down, people. So, author, illustrator. I, I've already know, but I'm going to ask for the crowd who's listening oh, tonight. Yes. Uh, uh, I am uh, an author. My uh, short story, non-zero, won second place in the fourth quarter of this year. Mm, so we, we we cruising so now you can give us i mean when i say a tidbit man i mean literally because john's going to send me this in a couple of weeks so i'm going to read it and then i'm going to read it on the airplane but we want the rest of these people listening to buy the damn thing so just a awesome. tidbit i mean just just enough to tantalize but no more than that uh because i know how you authors are y'all can get the whole book away <laughs> well mine's uh mine's really short non-zero is only like 2800 words or so yeah like that is short maybe. yeah probably the shortest thing i've ever written but uh basically uh i heard you're an ex-navy man yep yeah same here yes so, uh it's about a man overboard scenario but oh. the uh the person who's man overboard uh, has she has a limited supply of air left to her and the nearest help is light years away Mm, this so is gonna be interesting. Yeah, well, see, I like that right off the bat. See, that's stuff I can get into right off. 
Um, you're going to see some people in the chat over here texting, and then we got people in Messenger texting. So sometimes it'll just hear me referring to people. But so, no, yeah, I'm ex Navy. I, I actually enjoyed my time in there. I wasn't in as long as you were, but I enjoyed my time. And I was in six, and uh, I got a great education from them. I enjoyed, you know, being on the carrier. The only thing I didn't like is I was a plane captain, and then they found out I, I was there with advanced avionics and advanced electronic degrees and a class 10 security clearance. They were like, well, well, what are you doing on the flight deck? I said, well, I'm a plane captain. I said, I'm in charge of this whole part of the deck. Stay off my deck. And they're like, no, 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 no. We got lots of plane captains. We need you. I was so pissed. Because <laughs> after, after that, I was I was either in the conning tower in the reactor room or in some place with electronics. Did you know, was on all, the Nimitz? All, yeah, I was on the Nimitz with my head stuck in an airplane somewhere. And a matter of fact, I probably gave away some top secret stuff last night when I told everybody that our jets are plug and play. And they're like, I don't understand. I said, well. I said, you really can't change a resistor or, or something when you're in the field like that. I said, you could, but it's going to take a long time to do it right. You, then you have to do all kinds of tests. I said, we just take the board out in the ocean, put a new board in, just go off out of I said, you ain't even got to know anything. You just got to know what board it is. And they were like, I don't know if you should have told everybody. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure the Russian and Chinese have figured it out by now. Yeah, uh, but I, I enjoyed it. Was, no, I, I enjoyed my time of service. Matter of fact, um, when we're going to probably, we, I was talking because of some of the other, other stuff Karma was telling you were involved in the service. We'll probably invite you on news on the flip side. And uh, there's actually another Navy guy and a tank drive, an Army guy there as well with a PhD. So it ought to be an interesting conversation. Yeah, cool. Uh, so, so, but, you know, that shows a little, a little bit different. So right off the bat, when, when did you think you could write? I mean, when, when did you feel you had the gift to write? Oh, I probably was writing in elementary school. Uh you know, I do remember when I was uh, like a young kid, you know, you get the first assignments, you write a story about Halloween or something like that. And I didn't know how to write a story. So I was like, I was crying and complaining to my mom. And she told my older brother to say, well, do this, do something for him. So she puts together this story that was actually, even now, I think it's a really good story. It's a nice little Halloween story. That was the first time I realized that you could do that, that you could just create a story like that. So that was kind of a, a big light bulb clicking in my head at that moment. And then I was like, well, if he can do it, then I can do it. And that means anyone could do it. And I just started writing stories from then on. So, but so I mean, is it so let me let me ask you this. So uh, when you start writing stories, I know I know some of it's a release, some of it's an escape. I understand that with a lot of writers that I've talked to that they can release. But so I know you're young, but in your head, was it saying, oh, man. Can I monetize this in the future? Am I going to be rich? Because, oh, no. you know, some, some of these authors tell me, oh, I knew I was going to be a billionaire. I'm like, really? That's pretty good. How, how, how are you going to do this now? I mean, I want to be a billionaire too. So, um, But I, yeah. I'm just asking because I know I know it's different for everybody. You know, when I talk to everybody, it's, it's way different for everybody. Yeah, I didn't even really think about that until uh, I knew who Stephen King was. And I was like, oh, yeah, that dude makes a lot of money. He doing makes this. a lot of money. Yes. And then, uh then I realized I wasn't Stephen King. That kind of dropped away. Yeah, so, <laughs> so but you, but but yeah, but, not, not till probably high school, I actually thought about money coming out of it and probably thought a little too much about that. Well, I mean, I mean, well, I mean, you got to go somewhere. I mean, high school is high school, where you're going in life, you know, and uh, yeah. a friend of mine says, well, I don't understand why you joined the Navy. I said, because I wanted the free education is why I joined the Navy. And he's like, what do you mean for I said, man, they, they sent me to great schools. <laughs> you know, it's hard to explain to people when you're in tech schools in the Navy that, 
you have to ace every test. They don't understand. They're like, what do you mean? I said, if you miss one question, you failed the test. No, no, no. I said, no, you miss a question, you fail. I said, if you do that three times, they kick you out that program, whatever it happens to be. And they're like, you're kidding. I said, no, they expect you to know everything 100%. I said, you're on any, any ship that you're going to be on. It could be anything from a tender to a, a sub to a carrier to anything. I mean, anything that they have, you have to know this stuff, people. And I said, they expect you to know your job inside and out, whatever the hell it is. Yeah, can you imagine? Uh, like, yeah, I got 85%. I'm pretty good here. And just like, you're on in battle. Like, well. I got 85%, you know. Yeah. What was that supposed to turn on the uh... – <laughs> that's probably the guy the one who microwaved half his body he's probably one that was an 85 percenter it's yeah. uh i mean you just there's just so much dangerous stuff and you know when you're in the service there's just so much that's dangerous and i don't get me wrong i mean i had fun i enjoyed it but nimitz was just dangerous there was shit everywhere ordnance going off things falling off planes running into the conning towers things missing lines going off the end of the deck shit blowing up i mean just just it was it was one of those and and you know like my whole entire crew when i was a plane captain i mean we all had been working together for a while so we you could just look and see everybody had their position so when their finger went we knew and it just went by count around and then i would you know, put my hand out this way and one up this way and one out this way because I had to let the catapult guy go. We're getting ready to release. And what did the pilots know? We're getting ready to release. And all the pilot does, he don't look at anybody but me. That's all they're staring at me the entire time. And as soon as they see that hand drop and this hand go back, he releases it. He releases it. And it's just <laughs> off the jet you go, man. Off the jet you go. The first time I lost your jet. When you were in the Navy. Well, I was only in, uh, he was in a long time, weren't you? I know. What did you do, Tom? Uh, I was in 22 years, started out as a, as a nuclear propulsion officer for some range. Uh, so went through, and a half. yeah, you talk about the tech training, went through like a year and a half of training for that. Oh, and then yeah. got medically disqualified once I got to my submarine, which was probably a good deal for everybody in, involved, <laughs> to be honest. And then uh, transitioned over to intelligence from there. So I was an intelligence officer for the most of my career. Uh-oh, Spent man. Uh-oh. A couple of tours on a carrier. Uh, my dad actually was a uh, aviation machinist, mate, so he spent a lot of time oh, on the flight deck too. Yeah, he spent a lot of time on deck for sure. Oh, it's, yeah. uh, there's, there's always something breaking, blowing up, or falling off. Uh, it's, it's just you would think, you know, we spend billions of dollars on these planes. You would think that nothing would break on them. <laughs> Shit, I'm telling y'all, people, stuff breaking these things off. I watched one. He's coming in beautiful jet. It was F-18 actually coming in for a landing. Popped a damn the strap going across the deck. Couldn't stop. Couldn't get enough speed to get back up, so whoop, Aideen went right off the edge of the carrier. He went up in the air, and the carrier, we just mowed. And they don't like mowing them over. They, they try to do a hard stop and then hard right run it because they want to just push the plane out of the way and will send another plane to either retrieve it or sink it because you don't really want that stuff going through your props. In this case, they didn't have enough time. You heard it. We were standing in the back watching big chunks of jet coming out the water as we went by. Didn't even phase the damn carrier. He <laughs> carried just woo, cruising along at 60 knots. Didn't even pay attention. That was pretty uh, classic. Actually, a uh, yeah, pilot friend of mine, he was an F-18 guy too. Uh, he trapped. Uh, that's what that's what they call it when you when the when your arresting hook actually catches, yeah, the, when it catches. the wires on the, on the carrier. It uh pulled the back of his jet off. So the front of, he and the front of his jet went skidding across the deck, and he was able to eject. And uh, actually, I think he landed on the carrier deck. So yeah, that, that, you'd be surprised. Lucky. You'd be surprised how many, when, when they eject going off the end, actually end up on the deck of the carrier. It's kind of strange. I've seen three people hit the deck. 
Well, people, you, you don't think you understand these these jets are under a lot of force. They, they, I mean, they they take harsh beatings, not just when they're landing and taking off, just being strapped down to the carrier because they're being bounced around all the time. And and sometimes, you know, when they land, shit goes awry. Not so much when they take off, but mostly when they land. Every now and then, you'll get like a missed catapult fire where the steam wasn't up to full, or one of the thrusters on one of the jets will, you know, just puff out and then. It, it, it just goes down. There's nothing else you can do. No, there's nothing else. <laughs> Once it goes boop, you're pretty much dead. Or you're you, if you make it in the air, you're good. If you don't make it in the air, not so good. Well, if you're in the car, if you're on the front of the carrier when it goes by, you're dead. People, there's nothing yeah, else you can do. You're pretty much just uh, chop suey, and that's about all it is. So you enjoyed it. I mean, you had fun. Now I know some people who actually I know quite a few people who were intelligent in the navy. I got quite a few friends that went there, and a good captain friend of mine used to always try to talk me into it. I'm like, nope. I said, dude, I got six years, I get my education, then I go get my bachelor's, and I'm out of here. <laughs> He's like, oh, come on, you'll love it. I'm like, no, 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 I'll get in trouble for sure. I'll end up in some <laughs> Navy brig somewhere for sure. That was actually uh, my plan, too. You know, I was going to do one tour, get out, you know, go off and be a civilian, enjoy my life. But I ended up just every time I hit something really interesting, hit a better job, hit something cool, met a lot of great people. And uh, there's, a lot kinda... of good, there's, there's a lot of good stuff in there. And there's a lot of stuff yeah. that goes on in uh, the Nimitz. We had four intelligence officers on board uh, for different reasons. I mean, they all had different assignments. It, uh, some of it was just to basically keep an eye on what's going on on that damn carrier and making sure there's no fishy business. And some of them were actually doing intelligence that was being brought to the carrier. Uh, on board the carrier. I was amazed actually how much reconnaissance was actually brought into the carrier on a regular basis. And I would not have known that on a flight deck, but being in a conning tower, I was constantly seeing it coming in. Sometimes it was transmitted. Sometimes it was brought in by packets. There was a lot of ways they brought it in. And uh, and a friend of mine who was the captain, Joe, and he's like, man, there's always a stack of intelligence on his desk. I said, he's not going through. He's got an officer that goes through that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I said, that's what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, and that's what the officer's for, to go through it. And if the captain needs to know, then the captain knows. If the captain yeah. don't need to know. So any writing while you're in the Navy? I mean, I know it's kind of hard. Navy keeps you kind of busy. So, Yeah, it, the, the writing kind of took a pause when I was in the Navy for the most part. Like, I try every now and then. But, you know, you know, I mean, when you're on the ship, all you do is work. There's really yeah, that's all you there's do, no man. time to do anything else. Even when you're off, you work just so you're not bored out of your mind sitting around on a carrier. So uh, what do you mean, Jack? How many you know? times did you enter the contest, Tom, before you won? I'm sorry? How many times did you enter the contest before you won? So before, <laughs> before I joined the military and everything, I probably applied four or five times. I think I got this an honorable is, mention. And over 21 years ago. So 21 years, you're in the Navy. So before that, you entered the contest and then you started up again afterwards. Yeah, actually, uh, I knew I had tried in high school and then into college because my uh, English teacher in college was actually a winner. He'd been, uh, his name is Dr. Dennis Minor. He won second place uh, for a story. I don't know. I don't remember what year it was, but I think it was in the first 10 years of the contest. Wow. And he's the one who encouraged me to keep going. Uh, and I did get an honorable mention at the one time. And then after that, I joined the military and that was it. So this is my wow. first time to come back. So you, you ended one more time after coming back and then you got to second place. Yeah, it was. Oh, that's pretty cool. Pretty surprising. Yeah. Thank no, you. That's very, very <laughs> good. You know, we had, I mean, we've got some winners that have gone on and entered. I mean, the record was Preston Dennett, who's on the UPRN network. He entered 47 times. And oh um, we've got a couple of different wow. winners that started entering when they were, you know, the first couple of years. And they took 
hiatus is like what happened with you, then went back to it again. But it's um it's amazing how many, you know, times some people have just entered, you just keep on plugging away at it. And that's that's the hardest thing. And yet it's some people consider an honorable mention a reject and well, I didn't win. Well, it's 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 a matter of, of viewpoint, you know. Yeah. You know, because I know some very famous authors now whose receipt of an of an honorable mention gave them what they needed to know that they that they had what it took to if they just keep on persisting, they'd they'd make the the cut. So mm -hmm. that's something that's you know that people don't understand. And I see press releases that come out now every couple of weeks where they don't say you know, only got an honorable mention. It says I won honorable mention as part of their, you know, CV that they've got. You know, announcing themselves as as an author. So that's that's great. So you had honorable mentions before Definitely. the Navy, and then a win after the Navy. Yes, sir. Yeah, I uh, I definitely consider that a win too. Getting oh, it is. honorable mention. Any kind of anything coming oh, yeah. back to me is is a bonus. Yeah, and it's just you, you've got an honorable mention means you're in the top ten percent of writers out there. So right there automatically calls you from a lot of the, just the, the chaff that's out there as writers, when you, when you make it to honorable mention and then you move up to that. Um, Orson Scott Card used, used to jokingly say when he, especially when he had the intergalactic medicine show, um, yeah, we get to publish whatever writers of future rejects, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> so it was funny how, you know, he did that, but, um, so have you always written science fiction or have you done fantasy too? Or just because what you've got here is hard sci-fi. It's pretty hard sci-fi. It's as hard yeah. as I can make it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I've also done, um, I do a lot of horror stuff too. And uh, okay. I think a lot of the stuff I submitted before that was, that didn't make honorable mention was probably horror stuff that was kind of out of the scope. It was probably yeah. you know, Some not, not a good match. Yeah. We, we do have it every now and then light horror, but not, not the super duper Stephen King stuff. Yeah, that's but, kind of my stuff. So <laughs> I can okay. see why now, why it didn't happen, why it yeah. didn't uh, win, and why I probably shouldn't have submitted it to begin mm. with. I always tell people when they ask me, PG-13, when you're submitting to Writers of the Future. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the easiest way I can explain it. Because I could sit there all day and try to explain it to somebody, but it's, it's well, easy. I tell them, it's like what you said, Joe, PG-13. They just yeah. read the last book. I mean, that tells you what got accepted, and that's the quality yeah. you have to be. Well, I was at uh, I was doing a lecture at Mississippi State, and they kept asking me. I said, guys, PG-13. I said, yeah, I actually kept saying, you know what? It's writersfutures.com. You can go look for yourself. It tells you what the requirements are. I said, but I said, I can give you the basic 17,000 words, no more. I said, just don't get stupid. You, this isn't, you know, no sex, no violence, no blowing, you know, I just. And then I said, just figure PG-13. And then they're like, oh, okay. I said, and for you who don't understand PG-13, go to the Writers of the Future site and read for yourself. Yeah. Because um, there's a lot of them. I, I noticed when we're out and about, there's a lot of people interested. I mean, I don't know how many actually end up writing or sending anything into Writers of the Future, but it does seem to see a, seem to be a lot of interest in it. Uh, and no Kirby. I try to write. No, I've been trying to write. And I'll probably get another 20,000 words written while I'm down there in uh, – in LA, it's uh, sort of put me at like eighty thousand words or something. Oh no, that's that's that only be halfway. <laughs> I got to figure out a way to finish this. Yeah, maybe I need to take a vacation for a month or something and, and just just go finish it. So, Tom, where you headed, babe? I know. So, so wait. So, let me ask you this: Have you have you heard about uh, the twenty four hour story? Because I know I know that a lot of the people have it, some haven't. So I'm always I'm always asking this question because I'm gonna ask this again. 
after you've been through this. <laughs> and the next time we talk, I'm going to ask you more about it. But have you heard about it? I'm just, I'm just curious. I have heard about it. Yeah. And I heard there's something about they take hey, us Arthur. to go buy groceries so we can uh, get prepped for this thing and that it's a, it's a marathon. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's fun to watch is all I can tell you. From someone <laughs> from, from the outside in, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch. And I take, I, I really do. I take a lot of pictures. Uh, I don't, I don't really bug anybody to interview them because I know they're already brains already, you know, crashing. And uh, I've heard really good stories like, oh, I sat down and wrote it no time at all. I've heard, oh, it took me a while I wrote it. And I've heard, oh, my God, I wrote a tour, I wrote a tour, up to it. Next thing I know, it's four o'clock in the morning. I'm writing it again. So I'm just, I'm just always curious. And then I've heard, you know, that some of these stories have actually made it into the marketplace. So that's always interesting. Yeah, most of, most of the winners end up selling their, their 24 hour story. They have, maybe they'll do some little tweaks to it, but then they end up selling it. Uh, hey, Arthur, job. we're going to bring you in in a few minutes, man. We got Arthur just came in with us. And uh, so we're going we're gonna to bring him in. But it's, uh, I mean, it's just, just a lot. So you're looking forward to LA and saying, where are you from? Oh, yeah. Oh, you're, you're, up, you're on the West Coast. You're up north and the West, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, mostly, yeah, I was a Navy brat. So I was born in Japan, moved all over the place. Uh, but most of the time grew up in the South and then uh, like Louisiana and such. And yeah. then went on to, uh, after the Navy, I spent most of my uh, time in the Pacific. So I think yeah. uh, six years in Japan, four years in Hawaii, and then here. Yeah. That's, Seattle. It's, it's um, you live in hell is where you live now, Seattle. It's, oh. No, I'm just, I'm just tell you some people. I got a lot of friends in Seattle. Y'all don't start writing to me. Y'all wear hell. Y'all go back and forth. I, I'm actually, I'm, uh, today I'm actually on the Gulf Coast, but just, we broadcast out of New Orleans. It's, um, oh, okay. It's, um, but yeah, right. Like today, I'm I'm on, I'm in um in on the Mississippi Gulf Coast in the past, just chilling. My house is right underwater, so it's nice. I got a studio in house, so it's real nice. And when I'm in the city, we 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 had a big 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 studio now, but we've downsized it because we don't know what the hell we're doing with it right now. So it's one of those things. But so uh, any place they can find you, any any stuff you want to share? I mean, anywhere um, they can look at look at you or uh, right now, I got a. I have a TomBannerMullen.com. It's a simple web page. I'm building it up right now. It's uh, right now it links to a, a Facebook author page. I do have an author page on Amazon.com, which is just for the one other sale I, I've got so far. Uh, it's an anthology, horror anthology. Very different from this. So if you're yeah. not well, looking you're for PG-13, that's fine. You'll be found that with, with this book here, Writer's Feature Volume 40, you'll be on Amazon and Goodreads. I mean, you're Barnes and Noble. Your, your name will be up as an author in all these different books. A million, Indigo up in Canada. Um, we have distributors and books outlets there in, in uh, South Africa and UK and Australia. So you're going to be all over the place there, which will be yes, good. You got to watch it's them fantastic. Canadians, man. Yeah. <laughs> all Canadians are evil. I'm just, just you know. <laughs> And see how close you live to them up there. You're close to them crazies in Vancouver. <laughs> you got to keep an eye out up here. Then people in BC are nuts. I'm just being honest. No, I got I got like, well, one of, one of our shows. Also, I, he feels like he's all tough and talking. No, talk, one of our, uh, one of our shows. We, but we we'll got, like uh, he gets close to um, – Station manager, that he's oh, yeah, hard, hard tell her what I tell everybody stay away <laughs> from, from <laughs> Niagara Falls. That's that's what I say, stay away from Niagara Falls. We actually have a show out in BC, uh, in uh, Vancouver. It's um, spaced out radios out there. Uh, oh, so he's, well, he's he, he does a three hour he does a three hour late show out there from uh, I think it's like um, 
I think he does it from uh, 11 to 1 or 12 to, to 2 or something. But it, he's out there trying to take coast to coast. But he does a pretty good show. It's a lot of fun to listen to. And uh, he's, you know, you, you can hear his somewhat Canuck of an a- accent he has. But uh, I tell people all the time, somebody said, well, why don't you talk more about accents? I said, because we have 36 different hosts with at least 25 different accents. <laughs> wow. And I said, I got the worst. I got a coon-ass Cajun accent. I said, half the time nobody knows what I'm saying. I said, so it's one of the things. But... We gotta let you get out of here because we gotta get we gotta we gotta get our author because we're running a little bit late. But uh, I can't wait to yeah. meet you when you get out there. Um, I'm gonna get with you probably before then. I'll probably invite you on news on the flip side, and you and I can get into some of uh, some of what you were actually doing in the Navy and some of what we were doing. We can because uh, the boys are like talking about it, and I did a little security work while I was there, so it would be it'll be an interesting conversation. We'll we'll just say that nothing cool. we can talk about here though. <laughs> <laughs> One last question before before you go off there. Um, just, just like, so you know, cause I'm working on what to send out to all the, what, have you read any of the books by Owen Hubbard? Uh, yes, actually I read fear. I really enjoyed fear. Like back when I was in, uh, high school, I think. So I read a lot of his pulp stuff. I haven't read anything recent though. You read the bathroom. Yeah. But fear. Yeah. That's, there you go. That one. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. Cause that's not, that's what I normally send to the winners to read. Cause that they use that as part of, cause obviously when he was wrote the essays, you're going to be studying. Did you don did you do the online writing course? The free online uh, writing workshop? Uh no, I did not. Anyway, so that's one of the things that you can go ahead and get a head start now because I've sent out an email to everybody to, to do that. It's writersofuture.com. It's free for anybody, but for as a the winners you need to go through that because then they're gonna give you the advanced version of that at the workshop. But it's it's oh, the it's fantastic. the it's free, it's the online writing workshop at writersofuture.com. Anybody else listening to you can go to that as well. It's free and it's taught by Orson Scott Card, Tim Powers, and Dave Wolverton, and about a dozen essays by Aaron Hubbard in there. Yes, fantastic. And be sure you write in the comments. We all love EJ. That's right. That's my wife. She's yes. the one that, that put it together. Excellent, excellent. Yes, it's, uh, that's her new name for the next ten years <laughs> until it lit, well, until she smacks me, and then we might. Change. Well, that was the name before she married me. Was EJ Emily Jones? Now yes, she's uh, JT for Emily Jones. Good. Yes. yes. E- e- EJG, that, that'll just confuse me. We're not, we're not going there. Again, Tom, it was great having you. I can't wait to talk to you nice in a couple weeks. Great to meet you. And, um, yeah, and look forward I'll to probably, Like you. I said, I'll probably get with you probably next week or two about the other show, and then uh, we'll get together when we're in L.A. about doing a real interview. Looking uh, forward to it. Interview. All right. Thanks right, again, yeah. Tom. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate okay. it. See you later. Bye. Yeah. Yeah, and we have Arthur Haywood with us now. So, Arthur, Hello, how you doing, Arthur. man? Doing well. Good to see you. Nice Arthur. to meet you. Arthur was all patient down there while we were. Yeah, we're running a little late today. Uh, we had a little issue coming in earlier, but so we're, we're just running. Late. So, man, how you doing today? You having a good day? Or? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm at the museum right now, the Philbrook Museum in Tulsa. Uh, um, uh, and how are you doing? Uh, I'd like to be at a museum. I like going to museums. I'm, I'm trying to talk myself into going to see the Van Gogh um, immersive, the Van Gogh immersive experience they have in New Orleans right now. Uh, so I've been wanting to go to that. It's a 3D experience of some kind. So I, I love that kind of stuff. So, so man, how do you feel? You're a winner now. You're like, ah, I'm a winner. I got my book with the big dogs. Uh, <laughs> you know, we're, we're, well, I mean, you know, these these guys know everybody. When I mean it, when I say they know everybody, they know everybody. <laughs> really do. It's amazing to me. I used to write to one of the judges, Dan Dos Santos, when I yeah. was teen in high school to ask them questions about illustration. And now, 17 years later, I'm in a book with him that he did a cover for. 
So the experience has been incredible. Yeah, and he'll be out here. He's going to be here, so he'll be able to actually just, uh, you know, sit down and share yeah. some uh, root beer with him. Yeah. I'm looking well, forward. He, to it. He, he's a lot of fun. He's a good guy. He really is. I've met him before, and he's a great person at the illustration masterclass. So I'm really looking forward to catching up with him. Yeah. No, he's, he's he loves stuff here, and it's just, I mean, it's such amazing talent that wins that comes out here. So. Hmm? I don't think he's not going to work the hell out of you while you're here. Now. I don't want to lie to you. <laughs> yeah, Echo's amazing. What she does, I don't know if you tracked her at all, but she's an amazing artist herself and a really yeah. good art director. Yeah, her work reminds me a lot of Amuka. Yeah, she's yeah. Um, Plus, she's a lot of fun to chat with, too. She's uh, okay. got, she got a great personality. Uh, she's, she, she wants y'all to learn her when she's there, so she's very on y'all about learning, but she's always... Mm -hmm. uh, She's always there with a smile too. So it's one of the things I like about her. But I, I, so so you you got in. So first time uh, submitting, second time, fifth time. Actually, my seventh time submitting that I was able to um, uh, win. So I feel really fortunate. Good. I feel like I improved in terms of my sensibility and storytelling, and so I'm really fortunate to have been a winner now. That's way that, cool. Yeah, it is. Well, I mean. It, it, just just winning in, in seventh is pretty good. I mean, <clears throat> I have noticed though the illustrators have a little easier time winning faster than the authors do. Some of the authors are. It's changing because now as the number of entries that come in each year for illustrator is like each year it increases by like twenty percent. It's like yeah. it's growing rapidly as it gets more popular. Like because of all the publicity you're going to get, and then like your dad did that proclamation for you. You know when you first got it. Right. And you got a lot of media at the outset and you'll be getting a lot more media, you know, mm -hmm. so it's just more people find out about it. And you've, you've got a definite. Forbidden history, grisly ghosts, monstrous cryptids and harrowing folklore dominate Japan's history and culture. Mysterious Japan is a biweekly podcast presenting these spine chilling horror stories, urban legends and unbelievable histories in a campfire story format. Many of these tales have never been presented in English before. Our journey takes place where dark history and supernatural folklore collide. Mysterious Japan is produced, written, and translated by recognized Japan expert Dr. Heath Havey. Season 1 relates the unbelievable legends and ghost stories from the so-called suicide forest. Listen to Mysterious Japan for free on Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Learn more at our website at themysteriousjapan.com and be transported by unbelievable stories where the lines between reality and folklore become blurred in the shadowlands of Japan. Once again, that's themysteriousjapan.com. You know, um, attraction to a certain brand of, of artists that, you know, each time we get like you and now you're going to find a whole new people, you know, class of artists that we're able to reach and each time we grow like that you know we used to have it before when i have a lot of chinese media that comes to the event mm -hmm. so we do we always have winners from china and then from <clears throat> uh, the middle east and we have winners you know we've had a couple from from africa but i've done a i did a radio show a few weeks ago in south africa so i'm expecting that to help result in more entries Definitely. so that's really good now the type of art that you do is, is how do you qualify that? How do you name that? I guess you can qualify under the term of imaginative realism. You know, I try to portray heroic and create aspiration, fantastic lens. 
the work that I do is just a metaphor for the trials, the tribulations that we all go through and showing the hope and courage that people can have in terms of overcoming you know, some of those obstacles. Yeah. No, I can't wait to see you. All right. So uh, real quick. So, um, you know, when we do a second interview, uh, mm -hmm. we allow all the illustrators to bring their art on if they want to show it. Oh. So if you've got a website or something or, or just you can send it to us, what we do is we'll mm -hmm. put it up in the system with us right here. Mm -hmm. And then we'll put it up on the screen. It'll, it'll make our little butts all go to the side and be little small people. And then your art's portrayed prominently in the middle of the screen. Yes. So everyone can really look at it. And you can, and it also allows you to kind of go through the process and what made you think about this or that or the other thing. So it gives the, the listener a little more or the viewer a little bit better understanding of the artist themselves. I noticed mm -hmm. it's a little easier with the artist because in that aspect, because you the, the, the work's right there in front of your face. With an author, it's different. If you haven't read the book, you, you don't always know what we're talking about. But with, with the illustrated, they can say, well, shit, that's really nice. Let me let me take a look at this. It also can help to generate sales and things like that. So, I mean, it's yeah. just something that's just plus, And we tell everybody the same thing. When this interview and the other interview is done, they'll be on YouTube for public use. So you can go anytime you want, download them, use them for whatever you want. So if you've got a bunch of your artwork on there, you just want to show somebody, you can just send them or send them there and they can just look through it and they can actually listen to you giving us the descriptions of the artwork just mm -hmm. to help them. It's just, it's just an added benefit that we do to help all y'all get out there. Cause I know how it is to have to start in the world. <laughs> right. I appreciate <laughs> you know? that help a lot. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, just, just an add in. And then of course, John is, is pushing y'all to everybody and their grandmama. So, I mean, it's, it's a lot of exposure. I mean, there's a lot of media. It's, what it really is and what's most important about the media, it's a lot of media, but it's friendly media. Yeah. It's not media that, that's there to judge you. It's media there to help you. It's a, it's a different kind of media. So you're not going to have some idiot up there bugging you about this or the other thing. I mean, we just – all of us, all the media there wants to see the same thing. We want to see all of y'all succeed. Mm, uh, yeah. I want to see y'all succeed so I can say, if I, I know him, y'all, hell yeah. Ha, I want to go see his artwork. I want to free me. <laughs> I really appreciate all the support. It's been overwhelming. So. They are. They're, they're good people. Yeah, I'm curious. What type of medium do you use to create your art? Right. So I use oil paint to create my mm -hmm. traditional. You're already my, one of my favorites. Um, I'm, sorry. You know, I'm really inspired by the amount of different textures that can be used to convey atmosphere, uh, skin tones, uh, different textures that can be uh, manipulated with oil paint. And so I use oil paint for my traditional illustrations. You know, also work figuratively. So, you know, there's a whole tradition to figurative traditional art. And I use that style to tell stories within my paintings, you know. So can you define that a bit? Like explain what does that mean, fig the figurative? Like right. So realistic art with uh, human figures in it. And that is just such a visual language in and of itself, you know, just from a facial expression. You can interpret so many different stories in an instant. It's a universal language. Yeah. So using that as the style that I work with is uh, how, I how I like to convey stories. I got you. Because I was just on the panel with Brian Hales. He's one of our judges now. He was a winner back in volume 19. And mm -hmm. um, he's incredibly successful right now. He no longer has to do commissions. He just does what he wants to because he's been so successful. You know, he's just really well. But he, he likes doing the oil. But he said the problem with oil for him mm -hmm. is that he has to wait a week if there's any changes, you know, so it's a set a little bit. Whereas with uh, acrylic... Mm -hmm. You know, he can he, he can work it a lot faster, although with oil, what he likes, if there is a change, then he can, while the, the while the paint's still fresh, he can still change the colors and work around with it. So he's got pluses and minuses for both 
the acrylic versus the oil. And um, when he's got stuff on the deadline, he's got to do the, he likes doing the acrylic stuff. It, when if he does like um, things for corporations or for a cover stuff, and then he scans it and then they say, well, can we have the uh, sword handle being red instead of blue? And then <laughs> that's where the Photoshop comes in and now, bing, it's blue right. instead of red. Yeah, Photoshop is a great tool now. And also there's so many different mediums to make the oil paints dry quicker. You know I mean? And if you may need to make a change, you don't have to wait to necessarily scan it. You can just take a photograph of it at this point. And yeah. so it's a shortcut you know, around some of that process that you know I found. But I found the same thing using acrylic paint. It dries in about five minutes. And so it makes it a lot dif more uh, difficult to blend. Uh, yeah. or blend for days, weeks, depending on mediums that you use. Yeah. So, more uh, flexible and uh, more forgiving. Exactly. So you, but do you ever do stuff where you create Photoshop or you, is that just for the, the tail end when you mm, need right. I incorporate Photoshop into our process, mostly for composition sketches to play around with different ideas before, you know, I send it to someone that I'm doing a project with. And so I, that's a quicker way to come up with ideas and also show them and make changes. Yeah. And, at the end, if um, you know, I know I scan the paintings into a computer for a digital file, so you know, I edit it in Photoshop at the end. And if there's small changes that need to be made, I'll definitely resort to Photoshop to make those changes. Yeah, yeah. for the hey, whole project, it's uh, with oil paint. Hey, hey, Galen, we see you down here, but we're running a little late, so I just want to acknowledge that we knew you were here. <laughs> uh, sorry about that, Oz. I just, I just seen you down there in the queue, man. Look, I love oils, I mean, it's one of my favorite things. I'm always I'm always bugging the judges and the winners if they do oils because I really, really like oils. One of the reasons I like Kevin Echo on, uh, she's big in the oils. Her and I, we did her nudie collection or her naughty collection one night, I guess you would call it. It's a really, really well done collection she's got. Um, it's it's all done in oils. I mean, I, I just, I don't know what it is for oils in me. Um, I guess growing up in New Orleans, it's different. A lot of um, like the original Mardi Gras posters were all done in oil. Uh, you see a lot of old oil down in the, in the different down here. They got all kind of art shops on, on different streets, like magazine and Royal. And they're all some of them a hundred, 150 years. So you never know what you're going to find. I found one of Larry Hatch's um, Harris's uh, pictures he had done for, from one of the Mardi Gras posters, he had done the Angel and Devil series. And I just walked up and this thing was huge. I mean, we're talking monster. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> my wife's like, you're not putting that on a fucking wall anywhere. I'm like, it's gorgeous. But it was all dirty and dusty. So I, I talked to guy. I think I got it for like $750. I think it sold mm -hmm. somewhere between, it was like, I, I can't remember. It was 28, 38. It was, it, it went, it was, it was close to 40 G's when it sold. And, um, all I did was take it home, dust it off. I took a light damp, just damp, patted it dry. Took a couple of pictures of it, sent it to the auction house, and they put it up on the thing with a reserve, and boom, it was sold. I was uh, like, I was like, you got to be kidding! Because it was one of my favorite posters. I had one of those posters mm -hmm. on my walls forever. It was just one of my favorites, mm -hmm. uh, you know. So, but it was so. I, I just I got this thing for oils, and I will go track them down in places. <laughs> uh, I even got a couple in my house. I got some big ones in the front of my house. Um, they're basically flowers, is what they are. But they're big, huge. I mean, they're big like uh, 36 by 26 pictures on my wall so that's the oil paintings you know it becomes an immersive experience where you feel like you're in the world of the painting if it's at that scale and the and bring you know forth the, the foreground and different textures the background recede so it can really create a, like a sculpture of a world just two-dimensionally
Yeah, well, I can't wait to see you work because I really it's something I really enjoy. Go ahead, John. Yeah. Now you're you're going to, you're still in school in Tulsa, right? I'm doing a, a finished up an art residency in Tulsa, so I'm doing some public mural commissions here in Tulsa now. So I've been doing these large scale paintings for schools to encourage students to read. So I paint so them. You want to you go around and do the murals on sides of buildings? The the ones that I'm doing now are public uh, paintings inside. Uh -huh. So they're size about about life size, about four by six feet. And so they're oil paintings, but they're actually on canvas. And then I hang them, the paintings in the schools. Oh, and that's going to be nice. All students inside of fantasy or science fiction worlds to get them excited to dive into the world of stories. Yeah. Uh, who was it? One of the artists had done an oil on the side of a store. It was really cool. At first, I thought, well, when I originally talked to him, I thought it was acrylic or latex or something. And then when he and I talked, he said no. He said because he wanted to make sure. Uh, he said he couldn't get the latex to roll up which I had no idea what he was talking about until he explained it to me. He okay. said, I wanted, I wanted you to be able, if you ran your hand on it, I wanted you to like feel the wave on the painting. Yeah. I'm like, so I'm like, what? And he said, yeah, cause I had seen some other stuff he had done in acrylic or, or actually in latex, but mm -hmm. uh, I was, I was quite impressed by this. Um, I can't yeah. remember his damn name now. Um, yeah. But the uh, textures, you know, the opacity of the textures is so much attention that can be created, you know, just through the opacity, like you're talking about the wave, with uh you know physical paint that can add to the experience no it does it, it, it is there's a guy that's gonna be coming to the awards event I'm, I, I was just looking to see if i can have his remembers i remember his name but he went around he's traveled the world doing these uh murals in schools and all over the place on literacy and reading and he's done a whole big thing on that um he'll be coming so hopefully he makes it here now introduce him because that's he's traveled the world doing these, what you're talking about there, those murals on, in schools, on the sides of, of buildings, hospitals, just like these huge, I mean, they're like huge walls that mm. he'll, that'll paint, but he's, he gets commissioned to do these things. I would yeah. love to with him and learn. Yeah. yeah. Well, mural work is big money. And they're down here. <clears throat> the rich and famous like to have their big murals put on their walls. Uh, I've seen them done in latex. I've seen them done in pastels. I've seen them done in and oil, I've seen them done in all sorts of things. It just depends what they want. Uh, one of my owners, <clears throat> he drove me crazy. He's well, he building a new home, so he wanted this navigation scene put on his his rounded ceiling that was thirty feet up. And I was like, "What do you want?" And then he said, "I want." He, he said, "He said I want I want the the compass, the, the four pointed compass thing." And he went, "I want the goal." He said, "I want the pointing to wherever it's going to go." And he said, "I want everything set up like it's a real compass." And he said, "Then I want it to be like a gold ceiling that fades into a sunset on the other side." I'm like, "What?" So he paid $147,000 for this on his ceiling. It took the guy, it took the guy and his, and his, and his wife three and a half weeks to finish it for the tune of $147,000. And because everybody who's seen it liked it so much, he probably picked up another half a million dollars worth of work out of it. Wow. And you know where I found this guy in the French Quarter uh, painting on uh, – he was doing murals on walls up there, and, and somebody had recommended him, and I, and I had caught him working on a wall. I said, look. I said, let me show you this sketch. Can you do this 30 feet up in air? And I forgot how many feet long it was. He's like, I'm pretty sure I brought him to the house. He's like, yeah. And he kept underbidding himself, and I pulled him on the side. I said, look, this is going to take a lot of time. Do it right. I said, I think you can get about 140, 150 grand. I said, just tell him like 150 I said, tell him 160, tell him 160, and he came back with 147, so he got it. 
he was uh, thrilled. <laughs> Every time he sees me now, can I buy you lunch, man? Right. <laughs> like, so you buy me a car is what you buy me, buddy. Yeah. But still, yeah. <laughs> but, still. but it's, yeah. it is, it's a, but see, that's another reason I like meeting illustrators. Yeah. And like you're talking about the public murals, it's another way to bring art to people. You know, I've met right. so many kids who've never been to a museum before. It's expensive. It's far away, but you can bring the art to them in their own space and they, make part of the process as well too so you make it yeah. the the city has the prisoners art thing so they they take prisoners out of new orleans and and uh, major jails and bring them down and let them paint art on all these big buildings around the metro area they do some beautiful murals i mean they get some they got one it's a sea scene for the uh for the um whatever the hell you call it but anyway they they've got all kind of whales and dolphins and all kind of sea stuff on there for the aquarium it's it's what it's for and uh, they did a great job on it. i mean and uh, and then and then they even paid them they said look we're not going to do you out of this excuse my language there um they said, well i don't want to start no wars because it's bad comment on my part it was uh but anyway they made sure they were all paid handsomely for the work they yeah. did and i think and you know when you read about these particular people Later on, the ones that finally got out of jail seem to have found their, their maybe their calling, their career, <laughs> and uh, and went that way. I just like to see people in art because you know I have a lot of talented people in my family, so I always like to see. Uh, not me, I can't even draw a stick man. But uh, <laughs> who's the artist that was it? Bansy or um, hey, Banksy? He was Banksy, doing yeah. So I've got some guy that'll probably also be coming to the event. He, he tours with him and does the photo stuff for him. You know when he's doing things. But that's an example of someone who's just like the whole mystique. Nobody, you know, quote unquote, sense, nobody knows what he looks like. But mm -hmm. his stuff is just so amazingly valuable. They put oh. they put covers over it, you know, loose side mm -hmm. over it, so that people can't destroy it. Wow. Yeah, they really need to. We got we got two minutes. So, um, any places you want to tell them to find you, or where they can look at you, or really, you know, they, don't tell these peeping toms anything. But the rest of them you can tell. <laughs> Uh, thank you for having me on the show. You know, I have a website where you can see my illustrations and some of the public murals, ArthurHaywood.com, A-R-T-H-U-R-H-A-Y-W-O-O-D. My Instagram handle is the same, Arthur Haywood. So uh, please take a look. Thank yes. you. Absolutely. Yes. I look forward yes. to meeting you. And also your dad, your, your parents are coming out too. I just, yeah, they just really a few days ago. Take it. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's it's senator. He's a state senator. So well, that's even better, man. He's yeah. So hopefully, I've been talking to his office about getting a proclamation for all the winners there in in Pennsylvania. So hopefully that goes good. Yeah, that's yeah, fantastic. Well, we got well, we got five hosts out of Pennsylvania. Yeah, we got wow. five hosts out of Pennsylvania. Mm. Uh, I'll scattered all over the damn state too, man. I mean, they're scattered all over the place. We got yeah. ones. We got ones that a couple living in the uh, the Horseshoe Chronicles house. This, this mm. thing, every time they talk about this house, I'm like, I would have moved. I would have just I would say, here, let me sell the damn thing and I'm moving. But I look forward to seeing you when we get out to L.A. Um, we'll get together and we'll get your artwork up so that they can actually take a look at your artwork while we're talking. You know, you could while we're having this regular conversation, it can be sitting up here and you can just talk about whatever piece that we have up there at the time. And uh, like I said, again, I love oils. I'm a, I'm a big, big fan of oil. I'm mm. always disappointed when, a, when an artist tells me they don't do an oil. I'm like, damn. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's just it's just me, people. I'm not saying everybody's got to like oil, okay? Before you start writing to John and giving him hell about it, um, no. Address all email to Emily Goodwin at <laughs> galaxypress.com. Yes, 
Oh, yeah, got two reasons for wacky when you come out. Here. Usually, I say address all email to Michelle DeRoche, but tonight, since this is an author show, direct all email to Emily Goodwin at writersofthefutures.com. Yes, galaxypress.com is probably better. Well, no, writers of the futures. If if you if you got a book to submit or you want to go to the class, that's where you go. If you want to go purchase one of Elron's books, you go to uh, galaxypress.com. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That, that's well, the easiest thank you very way. much, Arthur. It's been great oh, meeting you. Facially now, not just voicefully. Hey, good looking guy. Too big. Can't wait to see you out there. Thank uh, you. Oh, looking forward to meeting you in person. Uh, you, you. you have a good one, man. We'll see you soon. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah. Galen, how you doing down there, man? <laughs> I'm doing well, well thank you. Can I? Can you hear? Everybody can hear me okay? Yeah, you're yeah. coming in great. Uh, Galen Westlake, you actually got an, an easy name. Which is <laughs> Last yesterday, every everybody I brought on the show yesterday had some name from like a third world uh, alien country or some dust. Like, where you got these names from? A third world alien country. I didn't say America or you know whatever we may be living in today. Um, what's that, Janine? But anyway, uh, so author, illustrator, which one? Author? I am an author. Yeah. So strange thing so, to say, but apparently it's true. Yes. Yeah, so uh, how many times it took to get in? Oh, a million. I'm. Not sure I've counted, but it's a very, very big number. <laughs> it's a very big number. Well, yeah. the record of 47 is the, is the record that we know of. Yes. Oh, I don't know if it was that large. Yes. Okay, was, good. Uh, so don't, uh, don't worry. You, you made it. That's the senior day, and that's the most important datum. Well, in, in my defense, I came close a couple of times over the years. So uh, it wasn't all bad. So, so when, when you start writing, when you're young, middle, I mean, uh, wait, wait, first two, two questions in one. When did you start writing? What made you start writing? Oh, I've, I've always been writing. I just haven't been writing very well. Uh, <laughs> I have to say it, it, it took the invention of the spell check before I could uh, ever oh, God, uh, really start to uh, do any kind of real writing. And then, so uh, now Joey, Galen's a Canadian. That's right. Yes. Well, we got we got a lot of Canadians. We have uh, one, two, My three, wife's a four. Canadian. Yes, his wife's a Canadian. My station manager, Canadian. Her co-host is a Canadian. Uh, Scott out there, he's a Canadian. And then uh, we have another couple of Canadians. We have six on the network, actually. But we got one as far as Saskatchewan. Why the hell they live up there is beyond me. Uh, one in Toronto, uh, two in Ontario, uh, one in Niagara Falls, and uh, two in BC, I think it is, or uh, Vancouver. Exporting artists is a Canadian tradition. Yes, well, I mean, they... Yeah, they, they they um they like that old Canadian place up there. Like, it's too cold for me. I live in I live in the deep south. I don't even live in the south. I live in the deep south. <laughs> I mean, you can't if you look out the side of my house, you can't even go more than another eighty feet, and that's as far as you can go south without getting in the water. <laughs> I'm just uh, so I, I like living in the south. Well, I'm very jealous. It's it's quite chilly over here today. Mm. Where in Canada are you? I'm in uh, Mississauga, which is. Kind of like, like a suburb of Toronto. Yeah, there with uh, Rob Sawyer and several of our other authors. We also have. Um, um, I've got a podcast coming up. Interview I'm doing. Um, let's see, in a couple weeks with. He was a grand prize winner. Um, I'm, I got to finish reading. Is Stephen Cottowitz? Do you know him? I don't. He was a grand prize winner. I don't know ten years or so ago. But he's there, and I think he's also in Mississauga. Oh. Yeah. So now what, I have a question. What, what, what's a moot court champion? Your bio says, born and raised in Canada, Galen was a nationally ranked debater and moot court champion. 
Oh, I thought we took that out of my bio, but I guess well, it's maybe uh, taken out. It was, I've got an earlier version. Still, still hiding in there. Uh, <laughs> you got the hidden version. Back in uh, in my law school days, uh, when they train you, uh, pretend court is uh, is called moot court. Oh. Where you you appear in front of uh, real judges and you argue uh, fake cases, and uh, I had a lot of fun with that over the years. And uh, at times, I did pretty well. Oh, God. Okay, that's what that is. It was all downhill from there, though. So, but uh, <laughs> but it was great. Uh, it's good. You get, you get a captive audience. You get to talk. What's not the love? That's true. You do have a captive audience. Poor <laughs> uh, judges, they can't go anywhere. Y'all's court system's a little bit different than ours, anyway. But it's um, it's uh, uh, I got some other friends that that work in we'll just say legal areas in Canada. And they're like, well, y'all do things different than we do. I said, yeah, we just shoot you when you were tired of listening to your assets. <laughs> we had enough of you. That's, you know. Well, a friend of mine sent me a picture this morning from a, a, out of France. He said, this is what we all think about American breakfast. I have one egg, two pieces of toast, a pile of bacon this big, and a nine millimeter sitting next to a glass of orange juice. <laughs> like, really? He said, yeah, this is what we think. I said, that's not how Americans eat, my friend. <laughs> I, said, I said, where do you get these images from? Well, we watch your TV. I said, well, not all of us carry guns. I said, I do, but not all of us carry guns. <laughs> and I said, it's definitely not a breakfast with me. It was just—it was just funny to see it, and, and he's an—he's actually an author. He says, "Well, maybe I can, maybe I can, I can put include this into my book." I'm like, "Jesus, you're insane!" So, uh, title of story: just give me a little tiny bit. That you can't give me much information, just a little bit. Well, the title isn't going to give you much at all. It's uh, oh. the title of the story I wrote was called "The Imagilisk." Oh well, you got to give me a little bit more now. Now, <laughs> sure, I, I can tell you somewhat. Just of what a little about. bit, though, but just a little bit now. It, it, the story is about an octogenarian. He's uh, an eighty-year-old guy who's near the end of his life, and he's suffering from severe dementia. And his family's dumped him in a long-term care facility, and he's pretty much uh, the end of the road for him. And he's there, and he's going to encounter a, a supernatural event, and he'll have to decide whether he's just losing his mind or if uh, interesting things are happening. It was uh, such story a kind fun of story. I got to say, I really, really, and really enjoyed reading. I can't story. wait. I can't wait to read it. I, I enjoyed writing it. Thank you. It. Uh, I. I was uh, in a, a COVID haze at the time, and it. Uh, it kept me going. So. Uh, yeah. No. It was just. It was very clever, and I love. I mean, I love uplifting stories, you know, so um, I'm, you don't see non-lifting stories in Writers of the Future, so that, that not really giving anything away if you if you won. And even more so now with pandemic and post-pandemic, we also have a little bit more attention on trying to have that uptick on stories because there's so much divisiveness out there right now. Oh, For just, sure. You know, not just U.S., Canada. I mean, it's just all over the place. So something that people can just enjoy like, that was it was a feel good story. So I just I just really like your story. Oh, thank you for that. I appreciate mm -hmm. it. Well, yeah. I enjoy reading it. Then it's uh, I, I you know I uh, I usually get the book. Oh, you, John, you sent it to me about a month before, maybe two. Yeah, weeks well, I just got the I just came back from the like I said from uh, Utah and from and from Colorado Springs on the those two writing conferences, superstars and uh, life universe and everything. So I've got a box of books. I'll be sending out. I'll be sending a copy to you. Um, and I'll have the ebook probably this weekend. That I can send up the reviewers so I can start getting yeah. reviews scheduled and going. Yes, because it's uh, I'll uh, I usually read it. Usually, I usually read it the first two days, and then I'll read it on the airplane flying. I've, I have found I've read three of them on the airplane now. 
I have found that when I'm after I read them the first time, it's, it's easier just to, to go through it. I can read it much faster yeah. the second time around. So, uh, so it's a nice it's a nice read on the air or airplane. If I don't finish it, I'll finish it in the hotel room. But I like to have it fresh in my memory. So when we do interviews, that the information's in the back of my head because uh, I may ask a particular question and, and why did you write that particular thing? What were, like you said, COVID, I might even ask, were you like in a COVID frenzy when you wrote this? Uh, I, I can, I can ask some really insane questions sometimes, but you know, it's, it's, I usually catch all y'all. So, cause everybody's running around half crazy uh, while they're down there. So it makes for um, um, a much different type of interview because uh, your brain's running all over the place. So when you're asking questions, you usually have 50 answers for the one question. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know, well, because you're, you're running around nonstop. Um, so you're going to get down there, you're going to get in LA and just tear it up. I mean, there's a lot. You're going to learn a lot. I know that. I hope what so. What are you most looking forward to coming down here to LA? Because you've been working at this thing for a while. I've, I've never been to a writer's workshop. So I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that. I know I've got a lot to learn. So this is Did terrific. You- did you good? Did you uh, take the free online writing workshop, the one that uh, writersofuture.com? I might have uh, a long time ago, but I'm not sure. <laughs> it's been up for like four years. We put it up just at the beginning of the pandemic. But I'll be sending out a, or Johnny will be sending out an email to all winners saying all the writers needs need to get through that, do all the videos and the essays because we've got a dozen videos with. Uh, Orson Scott Card, Tim Powers, and Dave Wolverton on the different parts of story writing, because the workshop now is going to be the next level up from that. It used to be that used to be the workshop, and now we just we raised a bar. I'm ready to do my homework. Good. And you have, you read story? <laughs> have you read any of 100 stories? I I I I have uh, in volume 40. No, no, just in any of his works that he's written. He wrote all the pulp stories. He wrote Battlefield Earth, Mission Earth. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, they've been in many of the volumes over the years. But it, So you've only read the, his stories that have been in the, the Rise of the Future books. I think that's right. Okay. Okay, cool. That's right. Well, I can tell you I've read everything that's behind me over here, uh, plus some stuff that you can't see on the side of me over there. And yeah. then there's some, some other stuff uh, uh, before my pad went flying to Mars. Uh, some other stuff I had written. Uh, written I said <laughs> but anyway mostly you listen to it yeah most of i have listened to it in all fairness that's the truth uh there was a few i read but most of them uh were just listened to it's much easier for me anything in audio is is way easier for me Uh, i think i'm in book six of mission earth now finally got back to listening to it and uh which is also a great story when you listen to it it's it's fun it's 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 crazy what is how accurate it is and i was written Back in in eighty one eighty two, and it's just so like what's happening right now. But Jamie, the protagonist is a retard. That's as nicely as I can say it. And I and and no, I'm not being politically correct. And screw y'all. No, because really and truly, he is he is. Well, uh, uh, what's his face does his voice just great. The Meskman, yeah, 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 he does. His, he I don't know why I can't remember his name, but he does the voice great. It's he's 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 doing a good job. All the special effects, all the voices are good. Is there's, there's a lot of stuff in there. No, there's actually some women that are actually men, but you don't really tell in the, in the thing. <laughs> well, no, I didn't know until I went back and read the credits. I was like, wait, I was like, what? Wait, who's this? Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, I'm not going to give this story, Sultan, Sultan Sultan Priest, the, the, the guy you're talking about now. When we survey, like, what's your favorite character? Most people identify with Sultan Greece more though than Jitter Heller, and then um, or Countess Crack. They just he's more real to them. It's like, it's crazy, but that's how yeah, it is. Cause he's, he's just, when, when through the it was just like, 
I mean, he, he was tracking where people were at, that they could more relate to Sultan Greece, who was just, you know, they look at him as being the victim, but he's always, he's sets himself up for all of his falls. Yeah. He's just tripping through life in his own little world. But anyway, uh, Messmans are starting to record the, the, the volume 40 audiobook this, this week. So we're okay. being recorded now. Oh, wow. So I can, I can listen to his voice. He's, he don't have one of them voices that bothers me. Um, what are you talking about? And, and that one? No, so book four is just porn, people. I'm just warning y'all ahead of time. It's not no, not, not it's that not kind of porn. It's not no. real porn. It's 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 bad, is all I can say. It's actually good. It's a lot of fun. Um, no, it is. It's a lot of fun. Uh, book five was a little different than I thought it was going to be. So it, it in a different direction, I guess, would be yeah. saying it. And, uh, but I got through it. I was uh, doing a lot of driving recently. So I got through it. So book six, it's, uh, I mean, I like the hero. I like the protagonist. I like everybody in it so far. I mean, all, all the participants yeah. in the book have been fun. See, yeah. I like, as you can tell, I like audio books because it's just way easier in my life yeah. uh, to, to deal with one. Uh, okay. I'm just curious when did you, because our first guest, Tom Van Rulen, um has been entering since, you know, he entered three, four, five times. Then he went 21 years in the military, and then he entered again afterwards. When did you start entering the contest? I, I think uh, seven or eight years ago I first started, and then I just gradually uh, been entering ever since. And Good. now I'm free. I don't have to anymore. So <laughs> yes. I kind of got hooked on it. It's it's a wonderful uh, it's a wonderful contest. And I'm very grateful for everybody for making that available. It's, it's, as they call, I think people describe it, that tiered rejection system lets you feel like you're actually progressing. And that's really uh, that's the idea, something yeah. you can't get anywhere else. So yeah. And the fact too, that it's blind judge so that you won because it was your story only. They have no idea anything about you other than the number assigned to your story. So we have winners from eight year, from eight different countries this year. Oh, so, that's fantastic. Yeah. So then, um, so you like, I mean, that's fantasy. Is that what you mostly like to write as fantasy? Um, maybe. <laughs> I, I, I enjoy both. I'll write anything I can get my hands on. So. Yeah, because that's kind of like a, an urban type of a, of a fantasy thing that you've got, that you did there. It's not high fantasy. I think that's a good way to describe it. Yeah. It's never sure what, how you, some things don't quite fit into the genres, but I think that's probably as close as, uh, as one could get an urban fantasy type story. Yeah. We just posted a blog at risingfuture.com, which defines the different types of fantasy subgenres. And we're about ready to post one uh, this week on this different kinds of uh, uh, science fiction subgenres, because there's so many different kinds of, of stories, you know, and. And somebody will come along and invent a new one and uh, yeah. break the mold. But what's amazing though, is like, so what you wrote there, and any of you, any of the, the winners, usually, because the ones that are like dedicated and keep on pushing through, about a half dozen years down the road, those are the types of stories that people will be buying in bookstores because you're like the new, you're the front wave, you know, of publishing. So that's, I mean, that's, that's a reputation that Rise of the Future has. It's like we're introducing the best of the best. And so that you're, that you're out there, what you're going to be writing, because you're not writing what you're brand new, you know? So it's not like Stephen King has to write what Stephen King writes. He's kind of like into his thing there, you know? He's kind of stuck. Yeah. I mean, it's no, no problem being stuck as a billionaire, or whatever, <laughs> you know, with his, 
but he does. But anyway, he's he's got poor a Stephen King. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, poor Stephen King. I don't know where it doesn't fit, but still, yeah. poor but rich like Stephen King. King yes, was, you read steampunk a half a dozen years before it became a genre you bought out there. It was we're always ahead of the curve because these are the guys that are creating the new, you know, the new subgenres, the new the new takes, the new spins on a standard you know storyline like what you did was like wow that was just so that was just so clever what you did there but i can go through every story because I, I proofread the book before it went to press and um everyone is just like wow that's how clever just how they think that but oh my god there's some question. really good stories in that volume i'm one of the lucky skunks who got to read it in advance uh yeah. And wow. Yeah. Some some days I don't know how I made it into that book, but uh, well, it was a good story. That's how you made it in there. So stop being yeah, Canadian. At least be a good story. That's right. It's a good story you get in. <laughs> Crappy story you don't get in. No, Raymond. No, you got to go to writersoffuture.com to submit. Uh, Seventeen thousand words or less. Yes. Uh, the judges like it around eight or nine thousand. Yes, but yeah, I, I shouldn't tell you that out loud. Mm-hmm. It's uh, shh, John will get on me if y'all say that in front of him. Y'all behave. Y'all get me in trouble. No, well, really, yeah. too, because some people put so much fat in there, you need to trim it, trim it, trim it. So it's just a yeah. good story. And so we've had a few winners that were 17,000 words. That's right. For the most part, it's, you know, it is that six to 9,000, six to 8,000. Mm-hmm. Well, that's an, e- that's, a, that's an easy read for anybody who's reading it. For the authors, I don't know if it's either any easier for them to do 9,000 or 17, but for the reader, it's, it's a much easier. It's a much easier trip down fantasy lane there. It's a faster trip down fantasy lane, I guess. You get to the, you get to the point faster, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Um, I I enjoy, like I said, as long as it's an audio book, I enjoy them. I love to hear a good audio book, and I know book forty is going to be an audio book, so um, I'll, I'll be listening to it later. But I'll, I'll actually read them first because I won't have time to wait because of the interviews. But um, anything you want to tell anybody, anybody they can find you anywhere, any any place you're hiding out, or well, there's a there's a galenwestlake.com. But uh, hopefully it'll have uh, good things on there in the future. It will. But, uh, it's uh, it's just a website right now. It's it's going to get a lot of press. I can tell you that. Uh, over the next few 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 months, it's going to get a lot of press. And I'll tell you another little secret: don't be scared to talk to the judges. Uh, they like they like to talk. They they okay. That was wrong way of saying it. But anyway, uh, they like to be approached and talked to. They really do. It's it's oh. the judges. The judges really and truly are there for you. That's that's what they're there for. When, when I ask them, and I've asked every every judge is there for three years now, you know, what are you here for? I mean, why do you come? What is it that you're looking to do? And it's always the same answer. I'm here for them. Uh, I'm here to help them to to be me. And, and I love when they say stuff like that because it is. And, you know, you can ask them questions at BarCon. You can ask them questions at lunch. I mean, a lot of times they'll ask you to come to lunch with them. I mean, if you're hanging around. So... I got to say, it's 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 very unique in the way they're they're willing to interact. Because frankly, I'd be like, "Y'all leave me the hell alone." <laughs> so that's why. But the judges are not like that. They're they're very patient, uh, very understanding, and very successful. So you get yes. you get you get the 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 thing that they're very successful. And from what I've seen, I mean, it's, you're not just learning about writing. You're learning about the business end of it. You're learning on how to use your imagination better. I mean, there's just so much that's in there, and it actually actually helped me because I like I said I could I couldn't draw a stick man I couldn't write anything until I spent some time with these people and now when I'm up there it seems like it's fairly easy for me to write while I'm there so it's it's nice uh, and it's nice and I mean all the judges you just ask them and they'll answer you. and I gotta say 
several of the judges uh, are going to be very pointed, which is really good. They just tell you, you know, this, I think this, or you might be better doing this, or uh, let me show you how to do this. And, there's, and I see there's other ways that they stimulate your imagination, which two of those classes yes, yeah, I found were very interesting on how they went about stimulating your imagination to get a story started. Uh, I thought, uh, what was her name with the lady with the, uh, with the sheets? What was her name, John? Um, I mean, uh, with the dice? Yeah, with the dice. What was her name? Yeah, that's Nina Kariki Hoffman. Yes, that was interesting. That that was kind of interesting. It, it was just another way to get your your memory or your your imagination stimulated. But I've seen several ways while I was there. I mean, it was really nice for people. See, I'm not what I'm writing has isn't isn't it's it's sort of fantasy, but it's sort of real. So I have to stay to a certain line. But for authors who are just looking for stuff to write, I found that a good way to get into the material. I mean, uh, you know, just, and then you can go anywhere from there is what I found uh, interesting about it. But I look forward to seeing you. I can't wait to see you when they do the 24 hour store and you're pulling your hair out of your head. Oh, you know, you're like, you're like, no, you're going to, you're going to be with us on one March, right. For the cover reveal. Yes. Yeah. So that's something people need to know that just, um, I gotta well guess what I'll put it up on your on your different social pages then Joel send it to you so you can put it up around too so that you have to pre you have to sign up in order to uh, be able to go to it but we have the cover reveal for volume forty we'll have uh, Dan Dos Santos will be there and so will um, uh, S M Sterling who wrote the short story against that cover and so they're gonna be there talking about it and so that's when we relieve you know we'll reveal what the uh, the cover is it's an amazing cover that Dan painted. Yeah. I'm looking know, forward to it. I know, yeah. I know uh, the last two years when we carried the reveal after in the live part of the reveal, it did really well. Yeah. Uh, people were most interested. But we we only start, we have to give them time. To get, it, it's anyways, it's text. You don't need to know about any of that. But uh, it's it's um, it's really it's very interesting. There's a lot of emotions, a lot of tears. It's it's happy tears before anybody writes to me and asks me. Um, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it, and it's interesting when I ask the authors especially, did they capture your story with their with their picture? And ninety nine percent of them so far have told me yes. And they weren't being nice; they were being honest because I asked them in the moment, which is easier to get the truth out of somebody. And um, they were just like, "No, it's perfect." And, and they'll, they'll go through and tell me why it's actually perfect, which is which is fabulous. I, I like hearing that stuff. Uh, it's it, to me this this. I got to say, there was more emotion involved in this than I when I, I first expected when I came down the first year with them for, well, which was a COVID year. Um, there was a, a lot more emotions in the whole entire thing uh, than I realized. And not, not, not just with the winners, but with the judges and all the people who worked there and everybody else. And even at the gala, you'll see there's a lot of emotion. There. There's a lot of people put a lot of work in. There's a lot of press. Uh, a lot of good looking people running around in their dresses and tuxes and stuff. So, you know, and lots of picture taken. So if, if you don't have a good picture of yourself, you will have to, yes, there is no doubt about that. Uh, you will have a great picture of yourself after that, but I look forward to seeing you down there. So uh, we'll get together sometime while we're down there and get a good hour interview in so we can go get into a little bit deeper and uh, why you're here, what you're doing. Why the hell you decide you wanted to write this? You will get into some of the genre stuff as well. Uh, just because, you know, I personally like, um, oh, what the hell? Why can't I ever remember this? Near near now science fiction. What the hell you call near, it, John? Near future. Yeah, near future science yeah. fiction. So yeah. I like that. It's, it's a thing for me. And I like things like The Expanse and, and a couple other TV series that are like that. So it, it feels more real to me. Don't get me wrong. I can get into all the fantasy stuff like Star Wars and Star Trek, but 
the the stuff like the expanse and all the carbon just feel more like where we're actually headed as a society. So I, I enjoy them more. Thinking, ah, you poor people are screwed in the future. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Anyway, Arthur, you have been good. Daily, you've been great, man. I appreciate your time. Uh, I, I look, I look forward to seeing nice you down in a couple of weeks. First in a few weeks. And yes, and, and look forward to meeting you in person. Yes, yeah. and, and, and John and I will both be harassing you, so just know it ahead of time. <laughs> on that note, thanks again, Arthur. We got Kayla coming in, so I want to tell you thanks again. And again, see you down there. Oh, I see this young lady sitting down here hiding out. Let's see if we can get her up here with us. Oh, yeah, hey, how you doing there? How do I? Hi. I'll finally get to see you. Uh, well, well, I'll, I'll <laughs> grab that, dude. It's, um, so it's... Um, Cal. Cal, how yes. are you doing down there? How, well, you're on the other side of the planet, basically, yeah, aren't you? Poor. Yes, I am. It is 6.30 yes. it's, uh, it's. What it's, time is it? 6.30. In the morning, thirty in the morning. Yes. So, so you know, it's four thirty in the afternoon for me. I think it's two thirty in the afternoon for him. Yes, six uh, thirty in the morning. Well, I appreciate you coming on with us. Thank you very much because I know I don't like getting up at six thirty in the morning. I feel like leave me sleep, people. Leave me alone. It's okay. It's worth it. Yeah, so, illustrator, artist. Uh, I mean, I illustrator, heard. author. I'm sorry, I said author, artist, yes. illustrator. Arthur, so ooh, so you coming down? You coming down to be serious? So I always ask everybody the same question: how many how many times did it take to get in? Uh, uh, this is my first time. Yeah, oh she's my. one of those kind of writers. Oh my god, a first timer! <laughs> oh, well, I can't wait to meet you in person. The first one of time. them. <laughs> uh, I, well, you know, you don't meet many first time. I mean, I meet a lot of first timers and illustrators, but not so much in the authors. No, I think, I no, think I've met those rare breeds. Yeah, I think I've met five all together, or something, maybe six. It ain't a lot, I can tell you that for the amenities. So, uh, name of your story? It's called Butter Side Down. Oh, this is going to be interesting. So, you, you can give me just a little tidbit because I'm, I'm going to hear, I'm going to read this story in a couple of weeks, but uh, just give us a little tidbit for the audience so they know when it's time to buy the book, they know what they're going to buy. Well, it's about a man who is the only human in his uh, space exploration team. He finds what he thinks is a sentient toaster on what's supposed to be a dead planet. Oh, see, I like I see space and dead planets. I always like this. I love anything in space. <laughs> I can't help myself. It's um, it's 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 a dumb thing for me. I, I, if it's in space, I enjoy it. Uh, I don't know what that is. Uh, probably because I was wanted to be an astronaut as a kid or something. So yeah, I. This what this book is too, because it says in her about she wrote this story hoping to bring smiles to a few faces, and that's something we're really especially right now with as divisive as everything is in the world, you know, and everything's like, you know, blue. Someone says, no, green. It's just they automatically have to oppose it just because that's what they got to do. So when you got stories like what, what Cal's written and uh, several others are just like, they're very fun stories. They're just like, you know, they provide some hope, which is, which is important. And uh, her bio is real fun too because she was um what says that she she was going to do it right her ambition of someday working in an office and maybe even getting to wear a tie she spent most of her time reading instead of playing outside eventually she figured out all those books had to be written by someone and then she went and became one of those someones well hey that that the following ambitions is always a good thing i mean i wouldn't be in radio and construction otherwise 
I mean, I got degrees and all kind of stuff other than what I'm doing for a living. <laughs> so I can, I can, I can truly understand it. So, what, what I mean, first off, how, how, how old were you when you first started writing? Uh, and what, uh, what possessed you to write? I must have been about 13, I think. And it started with a school, school place with stupid things to entertain my friends. Uh, and then I realized that, hey, I really like this, actually. Yeah, that's, a, that, that's a good thing. I mean, you know, if you started out liking it and, and, and you just took it off from there, that's always a plus. So, I mean, it's, was was your friends at convention you were you were going to be an author or you just had it and somewhere in the back to head, I like this, this is what I want to do, uh, this is where I want to go. I mean, yeah, story sounds fun. Yes. Because I, you know, I always want to, because sometimes I see, you know, people's families might try to push them in a particular direction or something. And, you know, all the judges always tell me, don't let your mom or dad read your story. <laughs> Somebody else read it. <laughs> no, that's it always- true, though. I, uh, I come from a very, you know, Asian background where mm-hmm. books are good and you should always read as much as you can, but writing mm-hmm. books is not a real job. <laughs> yeah, so did your parents get over your... Um- Having gotten your 14 degrees and decided to become your uh, a writer? <laughs> I've only got the one degree, but yes, they are finally over it, yes. Okay, good. <laughs> yes. I, I think my mom would have smacked me in my head if I told her I was going to be a, a, an author. And, so, and I can understand that when you say that about the real job thing. I, I've, I've heard other people you know, say that. It is a real job because some of the wealthiest people on the planet are authors. <laughs> so obviously, it's a real job. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's some, there's some seriously wealthy authors out there. And there's some serious authors that are mid-range that are very, very comfortable, we can say. Yeah. Um, you know, and now with self-publishing, you can totally do that and make a very, you know, six, seven-figure annual income as a self-published author. You know, there's, a, there's a, I've interviewed many of them on the Writers of the Future podcast. Well, I watched that little that 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 young lady from uh, she was from uh, Singapore. She wrote some kind of kitty thing and put it on TikTok. She was worth about zero minus dollars. Now she's worth about twenty one million. Oh wow! Good for me. I, I, I was like, and, and so I just pop by because you know I hear stories like these from time to time. So I just pop by to see, and it was it was just a goofy little kitty book. And I think she was only selling it for like four or five dollars, but she had so many followers on TikTok that it, it it just was selling all over the place. It was she sold an enormous amount of books. I was like, wow. I could never tell you what's going to go viral. Don't it? And if I tell you something looks good or it's going to win, just don't even believe it. <laughs> I never get it right. Just I'm wrong every year. Who's going to be the winner? And who's I just I just nope. Don't listen to John. I'm like, no, that that's the one. Apparently, I was wrong. Uh, so you've been enjoying. I mean, you you're coming in. You're gonna come hang out with all the crazies in LA. Yes, God, I'm looking forward to it. Yes, because we're all crazy. Just so you know that ahead of time. <laughs> uh, everybody is just. Um, I got to tell you, the staff is fabulous. I mean, they 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 really go out of their way to make sure you're comfortable there. It, it is amazing to me because, frankly, they're way nicer than I could ever be. Um, I always tell John while I'm there, I'm just waiting for somebody to jump out of the closet. Like one of Stephen King movies. Because <laughs> they're just so nice. Uh, and, and they and they really, truly go out of your way. I've been there. This is my fourth year going out. And even still, last year, I'm there. And every now and then, Joni would just come by and check him. Are you okay? Everything's I'm, I'm fine, Joni. I'm a big grown-ass man. Don't worry about me. Go take care of what you need to. And, yeah, uh, I believe you. Yeah, even, even through email, I feel like everyone has been really, really nice. So they, they are. But unnecessarily so. <laughs> 
and and the judges are fabulous in the fact that uh, they like to be approached, they like to be talked to, they like to be asked questions. Apparently, I'll be honest with you, sometimes I think they like to be asked questions more than they like to teach the courses because they really <laughs> like to be asked questions. And uh, and and I've seen them. I, I mean, I've watched Tim Pound like Jody and I and Tim in some of the in some of the uh, classes they're teaching. They'll get into questions, and and I mean, it just. I mean, there's just so much good information that comes out of these questions. It's it's hard to it's hard to make people it's make it hard to make people understand until they're actually sitting there uh, listening to them talk. But uh, and I and I'm a non-author, you know, I'm just a, I'm just media, and, and even I can understand how much y'all are learning uh, yeah. while y'all are there. It's it's just great. It's it's a great thing. What are you uh, most looking forward to coming out here, Kyle? Uh, first, the workshop. Second, I would really like to see. A Denny's, if I can. To see what? A Denny's. Okay. Yeah, we've got several around us. Yes. Oh. <laughs> they got good food too. Joel, Joel, well, take you to Denny's so you can see what yeah, Denny's yeah. is. Denny's, Denny's is Denny's. Denny's got good breakfast. I mean, they got pretty good breakfast and they got pretty good hamburgers. It's uh. Yeah, there's a lot Chris, of good restaurants around. So Chris, let's yeah. not, not even get into that In-N-Out burger stuff. Y'all always tell me In-N-Out is the best burger in the country, but it's only in California. It can't be the best burger in the country if it's only in California. It's got to be in multiple states to be the best burger, man. I'm sorry. There was, a, there was In-N-Out in, in Colorado Springs when I went there last Oh, week. is it? Well, you see, that yeah. that's a plus. That helps. That helps. Yeah. What do you mean? What do you, I have no idea what the best burger in the country is. I just like hamburgers. I don't know. Um, they're bad for you. Bad, bad, bad. Have you ever been to the United States before, Cal? Yes, I went to New York. Uh, Ooh. Years ago. Yeah, so, so you, was you that went to the beginning of the pandemic then? No, no. Uh, this was a long time ago. Uh, maybe oh. more than five years. So 2017, maybe? 2016. Okay. Yeah. Was yeah, it just a visit or was it also part of your work or? Yeah, I was in university at the time, so uh, I signed on to do uh, an extra curricular like study trip. Yeah, and that's yeah. Yeah, you got to go with uh, the real crazy. Great place to visit. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and run away fairly fast when you get a chance. Yeah. <laughs> as as Americans, we're not the most you know we don't love New York the most. Like all I can tell you, but we love New York, but not 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 like yeah other states. I've never uh, not been like quite like it. It's a, it's just a, well, I tell you what, LA is, is in a lot of ways, it's like New York, but warmer right, to start yeah. off with. It's, 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 it's a little prettier and it's a little warmer and the ocean's right there. If you want to see the ocean, I mean, yeah. what, is, what is the ocean? Like a couple of miles from, from Hollywood? Yeah. Well, for me, it's about a, it's a 30 minute drive. And so it's, I mean, it's, it's right there. So it's, it's, I mean, everybody, I'm, and I'm I, from the roof of my building here on Hollywood. I'm, we're located right here on Hollywood Boulevard, right by the Chinese Theater. Mm -hmm. So we're a five-story building. So I can look out on a clear day. I can see the the shining of, of the ocean, you know, the sun off the uh, rippling off the ocean there. I can see sometimes the tankers in the harbor. So I, you know, it's we're not that far away. Yeah, I know. I know when I went and took a ride down, it was it was pretty close. Uh, Harold, no, LA, LA is is it is an interesting place, but it is. It's, it's funny becoming a novelist, cop. Cal, are you planning on becoming a novelist? Yes, I am. Good. So, I, uh, yeah, I've been working on a couple of novels over the past couple of years, but I have so far had no takers. Sure. No, you know, it's, it's never easy to get started in anything new. It's, it's, uh, when you come out here, you're going to meet a lot of people that 
you know, you'll find certain, maybe there's certain judges you're going to find that you immediately, you know, have a, a special attraction with, which is what happens with some of the winners. And you know, so they'll also help you in the degree that you reach out to them. They're totally willing to help you with, you know, getting that start. It's like the, they're there and they got their little birdie in their, in their hands. They go, fly, fly. They want to help you. <laughs> No, they, they really, it, it's, I've never heard it quite described, but they really are. They, they really are there to help. That's what they're there for. And everyone will yeah. tell you that's what they're there for. I've interviewed about half of them now, and, and they really, they just want to help. They, you know, they, they're, um, they, they want, oh, that's Wolf's book back there. I was like, what the hell am I seeing in my screen over there? I've yeah. seen Howling Good Story up there is what that is. But, uh, I mean, they really, they want to help you in any way they can, and they're willing to talk to you about anything. And don't be scared to ask them questions because they really, they thrive in them damn questions. Yeah, uh, and when you're ready for your book to release, because I've, I've, I've done multiple now um, helping the, the fun Kickstarters. You know, I'll do the podcast because I've got the Rise of the Future podcast. And um, so that's over. That's, I get an average of 2 million listens per episode. That's on Joe's network here. And um, so I've helped a lot of, Authors, when they launch Kickstarters, they're launching a new release, winners to help them get that start. And um, so I have a lot of fun with that. So when you're ready with one of these books, however you, because you're going to be seeing people here too that can give you some direction on where to take your book on getting it published. So you'll get help with that. You know, so you can talk with Dean Wesley Smith about self publishing. You can talk with um, um, Robert J. Sawyer about traditional publishing. And then you've got other people who do both, you know. Um, and so you can get some good direction, you know, help you decide what you want to do. And then when you're ready, cause I've had, um, a winner last year has a book called death, a story called death and the tax man. It was in volume 39. That's it right there. Yeah. And the novel's coming out. Um, he wrote it. I had him, I did a podcast with him prior to his Kickstarter to help fund it. The book itself releases on income tax day, you know, uh, coming up. Mm -hmm you know, in a month. And that's the official release of it. Really fun story, but it's just, we'll do that stuff to help, you know, to help get those careers launched. And so other people can see too, wow, you can make it, you know, it's still possible from a person that starts off. They've been, you know, they'll be able so this, to hear you starting and then now being published, you know, what, what is that journey's like? So this, this was his winning story, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, and now he's turned it into a novel for sale. Yeah, yeah and that's so, the art that his illustrator. Um, yeah, illustrator, that's good. Yeah, yeah that, that's the illustrator's artwork. Sarah right Morrison. This, this is story is funny as hell, by the way. But yeah, um, really good story. It's um, so I mean, but see, that's another thing. When you get a book, you, you let us know. You get hold of Karma, myself or John. We'll invite you on. See his books up there. That book may be up there for months. And, and everybody who watches this show or listens to this show will know that book is up there. So if you yeah. have like this gentleman right here, a non-human, we, we have sold over a thousand books for him now. Uh, Cause it's been just sitting right there, but it's been sitting up there for like 14 months. Uh, he's, he's been on twice since there. So when he's on, we put it up like that. But when he's not, you see. What story is that? Cause your microphone's right in the way from my the camera there. Uh, what's wait, the, what's who, the book? Wait, whose microphone's in the way? Oh, wait. Yeah, it's, I don't see what. Oh, oh, so there it is. I mean, oh, there we go. Yeah. See, they're all back there. Um, yeah. So you see, you see Wolf's book back there. Yeah. You see his book back there in the nine years. Yeah, Wolf was here. a winner about three years ago. Yes. And then these are all right of the future winners. 
you know, these are all my books. You know, this is like fear up here. I think it's the last copy. I got a fear up there, but uh, all of these <clears throat> belong to me because these are all signed copies uh, from the uh, thing. And when I get them signed, I also get the families to sign them. So they're very personal books. So they're just, they're very unique in the fact nobody else has got any like them. Yeah. <laughs> So, so when you when you get we'll get your signature in there and everybody in there. So you know, and, and, and whichever one it is, it's uh y'all do a lot of book signing while y'all there. <laughs> I'll tell you that that that's a that's a fun part of it though, you know. And uh, you yeah, get to I see mean, the artwork. Yes, I, I can't wait to see the artwork for your story. Yeah, uh, that's the book signing, and you're signing all the books for everybody coming up and asking you for your signature. That's uh, you need to learn how to do your autograph signature different than your actual writing signing check signature that's two different signatures you don't want to have your your business signature as your book is in some yeah. yeah i was going to say i have to come up with an interesting looking autograph yeah, yeah. it's uh it is true though you really should have two different ones <clears throat> just 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 because you know unfortunately we live in a planet where people are not the most honest they should be yes but i have faith i have faith it, it's it's going to change or i'm moving with elon and mars one or the other so something's going to give you He's Are you going to be able to join us for the cover reveal in one March? Yes, I will be there. Okay, good. Yeah. That's that's always it's always a blast to watch the the, the cover reveal. It's just that's um, like I said earlier, it's a very emotional uh, time. It's a very fun time. It's, and you know, I had said it before about tears, and somebody said, "Well, people are mad." I said, "No, it's tears of happiness." I mean, you know, when you yeah. when you when you see that art, you know, because it kind of it kind of you know, you know, you won, and you know, you got a great story. But when you see the cover art for your story, you're kind of like, "Wow, this is just now a real book now." Even though you yeah. know it's in, in this, it's still now a real book. Yeah. And, and it's uh, real. <clears throat> What's that? I was just going to say it starts getting real when you see mm. physical. Yeah. Evidence of what's gonna happen. Yes. Yeah. And like I said, I've bought unfortunately for me, I have bought many books based on the cover. So some were very good and some were like, Where's a trash can at? Man, <laughs> I also do that. Yes. But you know I me, mean? I mean, because some, you know, you know, one of the things I was talking with Dean about and some of the other judges is a really good cover can sell books, even bad ones. Uh, you know, when people see certain covers, they're like, because you know, I was going through um a while back, I uh, was looking through a bunch of Elron Hubbard's original artwork for a lot of his books that he had out a lot of the artwork was great i mean you made you want to look what you know made you want to listen to the story or read the story once you've seen the artwork that's what good so, illustration does yes and that's that's what it's there for so that's that's halfway once you got that you're halfway there to making yeah. some money Francis, you know, have you read any of the of the Aaron hubbard stories at all cal uh no yeah because i'll be sending around then um because they like to have something there because when he created this this uh, contest, he was already had already been one of the most popular writers of, of pulp fiction in America in the 30s and 40s. Mm -hmm. And um, so a lot of the essays he wrote for writers back then, because he was the president of the New York chapter of the American Fiction Guild. So he wrote a lot of essays that were published in Writer's Digest and stuff like that on storytelling and how to write and how to come up with ideas and the business of writing. And those are used in the workshop. But one of the things I'll, I'll send around then this book. Um, do you ever do you read dark fantasy at all, or is that like yes. not your? You do okay, yeah. So I'll be sending around the book called Fear, um, which was which is considered the um, the 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 original on on psychological thrillers, you know. So that one is you know Stephen King and several others that specialize in that. So that's this is one of the really really good ones. It's what started. 
you know, so Robert Block, the guy that wrote, you know, poor, he said, this is an awesome story. Anyway, so there's a lot of like that. So he's sending it around so that people have an idea of what he wrote when you get in for the workshop type thing. So how do you do your, your writing? So like you've got your job because obviously you're in, a, you're not broadcasting from outside in the street. So obviously you got, you're making <laughs> money. So how do you, how do you work in your writing right now? Cause you said you got a couple of books in the works. Yeah. It's a, it's something I kind of do in my spare time. So I try, I'm, I'm self-employed, right. But I try to keep a nine to five and then anything after five, that's my writing time. Oh, yeah, good. I need to be structured about it. Otherwise I'm not going to get anything done. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. I'm, I'm self-employed myself. So I understand that it's, uh, you know, I make all my own schedules and yeah. you got it. Well, for the station part's easy because it's all pre-scheduled. So I know I got to be there at certain times. The other job's a little more difficult because it's construction and you never know what the hell's going on. I mean, we, we make schedules and, and do things, but you never know what's going on. So, yeah, um, because I'm a publisher, I only work half days, which is 12 hours. Yeah, I was going to say he, he's lying. <laughs> he's telling you, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He literally means half days. Um, it's it's funny when, when we're there because you know you'll see. It's it's it, trying to catch any of the staff is is because they're busy. Everybody's just zinging around all the time. Uh, Carmen, what do you mean? Are you, are you Carmen, Carmen, or just a different Carmen? No, I mean, are you Carmen? Does book? Okay, you're somebody else. Never mind. Uh, no, actually, John and I some mornings we'll get together and have breakfast, and then I might not see him again until in the evening time sometimes. And uh, and then you know know who you're going to run into. But everybody's busy. I mean, everybody's helping somebody or involved in something or in one of the classes or things like that. And, um, yeah, I just, I it's just, you I don't, personally, I don't even know how to I do it. I mean, so I'm, I'm still looking forward to meeting you. You got such a beautiful smile. So, okay, I got, I got to see her in, in <laughs> real life. <laughs> just one of the things, but, um, anyway, any place they can find you, if they want to check you out, you, you got any websites up yet or not, or you're just getting there or, well, you know, I tell people all the time, people always get crazy with their websites, but sometimes Facebook is actually a little bit easier Instagram in the beginning, uh, because you can, you can, you can show your material on Facebook. You can show everything you want and do on Facebook. And, uh, I always tell people the same thing. If you're going to show anything of yours on Facebook, always put a signature somewhere on it. That way, because Facebook always says, you know, if you publish on their thing, they own it. Well, if you put a signature on it, they don't. So, so, you know, you know, you know, I I have business accounts with them. So anything I publish doesn't matter anyway. They can't own it. But a lot of people have personal see, but you can do that. You can open a business account. Uh, They allow you to open a business account just as well as a personal account. So you can open a business. That's that's stuff you'll learn while you're at the place. But I mean, um, you you can open up a business account that less likely to mess with you. You own everything that's on your page. And then you can tell people, hey, this is my address. If you just want to go see, you know, a little piece of snippet of something I've written or maybe the cover of the new book or anything like that, you can just send them there instead of killing yourself, maintaining a website. You don't, I tell people all the time, you don't really need a website until you have, you know, a bunch of stuff to show. Uh, then you, then you just need one so you can organize it and put it in one place. And then of course there's always Amazon uh, has their own place to put all your stuff. So uh, there's, there's other ways, just there's, there's shortcuts. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I, I just like to tell people that because you know we're always storing stuff somewhere. We got we got to put something somewhere all the time. It's just we keep so many different things. But I can't wait to see you down there. We'll we'll get a, a good interview while we're there. We'll we'll talk more about who and what you are and how you got to where you are and uh, you know why you decided to pick to be an author. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that that's. I mean, it's a tough job. I mean, it's, it's if you're good, you know, you, like I said, you'd be richy, stinky, filthy richy. But you know, you may have to work to get there. What do you mean? Awesome. Yeah, yeah I, I got my question. Well, I see. I want to see everybody become famous. Everybody I've met become famous because you know I, I can say, oh, well, I met these people. You know, when you're up there walking the red carpet, I say, oh yeah, I seen her. Oh yeah, I remember when she won Writers of the Future. Man, look at her now. Oh no, so I love <laughs> stuff like that. Well, I, I like to see people be successful. You know, it's, it's a tough world, so I want to see everybody can be successful. But I know we got to get out of here. I know it's wee hours for you. You might want to go back to bed for a little while and sleep. Uh, I, me, I can't. Once I'm up, I'm done. I'm I'm stuck up. But what's that, Jeremy? What, what, what question is that? No, 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 no. We talked about the book. You'll have to wait until forty comes out, and then you can buy the book and you can read the story. You can pre-order the book right now on Amazon. It's up there now. You can pre-order Writers of the Future Volume Forty. You're not getting my copy. You can just no. You know what? You're not getting my copy. This young lady is. I'm not going to tell you what I was going to tell you, but you can't have my copy. No, <laughs> no. I get two copies. They're all autographed, and you, nobody's getting any of them. No, no. As a matter of fact, I'm going to send two copies to Tom Wood just to have his signature in just because he's not there this year. Yes, I am. Because last year he didn't make it. Nobody could get his signature, and I went and got his signature anyway. <laughs> no, people. I want them signatures in them books. Book yes, right, like that. yes. Yeah. because it, it is great. And, and I, I got to tell you, you're going to have a lot of fun. You're going to learn a lot of stuff. You're going to probably be really tired, but uh, you're going to learn a lot of stuff. And, and uh, everybody everybody there is really fabulous people. They'll go way out of their way to make sure you're taken care of. Well, she's in training right now for being tired. <laughs> yes. Because you're going to be tired. I'm not, I, I, it's one thing I tell all of them. I mean, be sure to ask questions because the, the, the judges really like to be asked questions. But uh, you're going to be digging to work. You're going to be tired. But you're going to learn a lot. Yeah. Every time I go, I learn something different. So, And uh, it, it's just it's – just, it's just one of those things uh, that I don't, I don't think it's, it's one of the things you can't ever really replace. You know, it's something, it's a once in a lifetime kind of thing and you're going to actually get the benefit from it. And it may help you to take your career to that next level that you're looking to take it to. You're definitely going to get enough press to help you. That's for sure. And, and but anyway, I know we got to get out of here. So I want to tell you, thank you for coming hanging out with John and I, and I can't wait to see you in Los Angeles in a couple of weeks. And I hope you I, look, I hope you win like an Oscar girl. So <laughs> just know I'm on your side. So because uh, uh, I, I, I want to definitely, yeah. but, but again, go get you some rest and we'll talk at you soon. And thanks again, sweetie. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, we're getting ready to wrap up out of here. Um, I got to find out. We had a little miss thing with David Hankins was also supposed to be with us tonight. So I'll have to find out what was up with that. Uh, but I'll get him rescheduled ASAP or karma. One or two of us, well, either I will or karma. We'll, we'll get him rescheduled and I get him back on the show. Maybe we'll bring him on with some of the other winners and he can talk with uh, some of the other winners. He can come hang out with some of the other Maybe I'll let him come co-host or something. Make up. To you him. can also get him on because his book releases on, on uh, tax day, which is what? April 14th. Yeah. So it's close. Uh, no, it's a good book. That's one. That's the gentleman we're talking about right here. Who wrote this book right here? Death, death and the tax man. Uh, that's the book we're talking about. He's actually the author of that book. Uh, Y'all can come check it out. John, you can catch on Writers of the Future. 
Uh, he's there right now. He's on Mondays. Uh, how long he's going to be on Mondays is anybody's best guess. But every week it's looking more and more like he's going to be permanently in front of this show. Um, it's uh, I really think by uh, mid-April he'll be here instead of there. Uh, but we'll keep you informed. We'll, we'll keep you informed. Either you'll either hear it from this show or from news on the flip side. But we'll we'll keep you up to speed on where the show is going to be exactly and how you can find it. Be sure to go check out the archives. Uh, if you miss a show, uh, we're always archived. Everything's always archived. It's usually up within forty-eight hours. So, if for some reason you don't see an archive that should be up, write to Michelle DeRoche. Um, yeah, just write to Michelle DeRoche, and she will tell you where it's at, or she will contact me to find it, one or the other. Now, I'd tell you to write to me, but you're wasting your time. No. You're just wasting your time. John can get hold of me. There's a handful of people going to actually get hold to me. Everybody else needs to go through somebody else because uh, it's just, I, I, I'm just, my life is unbelievably busy right now. And then uh, it's just easier that you go through one of the other people because they'll tell me what you need and then we'll schedule some time to get together. No, John has my personal cell phone number. That's why he can get me. See this one right here. This one, he can he can call me on this. I always tell him, don't page me, call me. Yeah, <laughs> damn text. I don't pay no attention to text. Uh, we got to go. I, what, what? I got another caller just coming yeah, in now. Go on, get out, get out of here. And, um, and we'll be in touch. No problem. I'll talk to you soon, boss. Okay, bye. guys and girls, we're getting out of here. I want to thank everyone for tuning into the Arthur's Grill. I hope y'all enjoyed it immensely. Uh, it's always a lot of fun. Coming up next is. Dun, 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 the Grey Zone with Joe Montaldo and Michelle DeRoche as they talk about the weird things around the world. Anyway, on that note, I will see y'all on my next show is on Wednesday, so I will see y'all then. Enjoy your weekend. Have some fun. Give somebody a kiss. Good night, everybody.